Well, welcome back, everyone. It's the third installment of TWGTF, or as everyone knows it around the world by now, Two White Guys Talking Film. I'm your host, Ben. And I'm Tyler. And we are back again to bring you another installment of this crazy experiment where we watch two movies every week and talk about them. If Tyler's picking them, there's probably a theme. If I'm picking them, well, thank God we picked a theme to start with. This week we will be reviewing some very interesting stuff that i have a lot of thoughts on but before we get to that tyler first how are you i am doing pretty well that's good it's good and what was the best you watched this week uh the best thing i saw this week is i finally caught the new movie transit which i don't know if you've heard anything about transit yeah it's uh the new christian petzholt movie this sounds familiar, but I don't. I don't think I know this one. Do, do you know Christian Petzl? Director Tell me of Phoenix and Barbara. Phoenix and Barbara. Kind of does like has like a Hitchcocky sort of vibe to his films. This sounds really familiar. You know what? I have heard of Phoenix. I think that podcast you recommended me talked about Phoenix at one point. Yeah, Phoenix is a movie that I sadly have not gotten around to watching but after seeing transit it's like at the top of my watch list fair enough tell Um, me about transit so transit is based on a novel from 1942 written by a german woman who had immigrated to france after the rise of the nazis and it kind of takes this book that she wrote that is sort of based on like real things that are happening to people trying to leave france for mexico or for the united states Mm. uh, while the nazis were showing up and takes it and puts it in modern times. So you have Franz Rogorowski, I think is how Mm -hmm. you pronounce that, who plays Georg, uh, a man who is tasked to deliver two letters to a writer named Wendel, who he finds has killed himself, and then upon uh, getting to Marseille, he is mistaken as the writer. So there's kind of like this hitchcocky like double life almost uh, sounds like kind of m as well yeah bit. sort of like a wrong man type situation it's so just, it's, it's it's like the movie but with leslie nielsen wrongfully accused that's that's what it sounds like to me except not like, not as funny probably not as funny no it's it's less like wrongfully accused and more like <laughs> someone trying to live someone else's life kind of talented mr ripley yes sort of sort like sort of like it's very good but like very uh, alienating and lonely sort of feeling like the like Gorg is almost never in frame with someone else and when he is it's like people he's like having a conversation with like Mm -hmm. he's very rarely with a group of people okay interesting yeah it's it's good it's very good it's also a movie that I've had a time kind of grappling with Okay, okay, very good. Now I guess I should probably look at mine to see what it was. You know what? You know what? It was Quiz Show. I rewatched Quiz Show this week. <sighs> I took I took Tuesday off, and we took the animals to the vet, and we cleaned the house a little bit, and Brielle is on a real Vampire Diaries kick for some reason. <sighs> she, she likes so many good shows, and every once in a while she'll just baffle me with something like that. But that's not important. I thought to myself, you know what I haven't watched in a while? I haven't watched Quiz Show. And I sat down, and man... That movie is nearly good if it wasn't for the fact that the main guy in it is pretty average. 
Who's the main guy I in it? I think it's Rob Morrow, if I'm not mistaken. He's okay. like the guy who's investigating Ralph Fiennes. If you don't know what this is about, oh, back in the day, okay. there was there was a scandal during the quiz shows at like the height of their popularity when television first took over. And yeah, it's Rob Morrow. And he is just so average in this movie. But he's luckily flanked by like three really good performances in Ray Fiennes, John Turturro, and Paul Schofield. Okay. Yeah, Surrounded by a... a bunch of other good people, including a weird performance by Martin Scorsese. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Quiz Show in a long time, so I only remember the Quiz Show aspect of it. I don't remember any of the other stuff. Does it, has it, does it hold up? It does. It does hold up. It's got this real charm to it of a movie that you can tell is from another time, but was also made in another time, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, like, this is clearly a movie made in the 90s, but it's also a movie shot, like, that was supposed to be set, I think, in the 60s. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah. Like I mean, I'll say this. Ray, Ray Fiennes is really, really good in that movie. And John Turturro is really good. It's just there's that problematic thing where your main character is just kind of underwhelming overall. Yeah. That's Redford, right? It is a Redford directed movie. Not many. He hasn't done many, but he does what ordinary people and he wins the Oscar for that too. Doesn't yeah, he? he wins the Oscar for ordinary people. Well, I think ordinary people wins the best best picture. I don't know if I, I don't know if he wins best director. I don't know that either, actually. I think but yeah. Continue, but continue. Might have. Yeah, I haven't seen Quiz Show since like middle school, probably. And I just I only remember like the John Turturro, Ralph Fiennes aspect of it. I don't really remember anything else. For sure. He wins Best Director for Ordinary People, 1991. He, does. Okay. he is no- he is nominated for Best Director and Best Picture Quiz Show in 95. Okay. He's like one of three people to win Best Picture and Director in the same year. That's very impressive. Wait, is that is that a rare thing? I thought that was pretty... Best Actor. Best Actor. Oh, he's, Best... No, 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 no. He's one of the only actors to ever direct a movie that went... Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. That makes a lot more sense. One of the other ones is... Bertolucci for Life is Beautiful or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, not, a, I'm not, no, I'm not, no, I'm not going into that. No, it's no, I'm, I'm already, I'm already very fired up about our two movies this week. Yeah, I might, I might be wrong. I, I, I'm not going to look. You but don't know, I, I think, I think you're right about Bartolucci. I'm pretty sure he wins. I'm pretty sure, like, he wins actor. actor. Yeah, he actor. definitely wins actor. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very rare occurrence. So, where do you want to go from here? These are your two movies. I feel like if a movie theater was playing these as an actual double well, feature, it would well, can definitely I, can be. I, can I ask you something? Yeah. Maybe this will help you. Do you want to get passionate, Ben, or do you want to get pissed off, Ben? Who do you want to deal with first? <laughs> oh, no. Let's get pissed off, Ben, out of the way. Well, that would mean, and luckily that's in the right order because it came out first, uh, that would be the movie Existence. <laughs> existence or existence or however you want to pronounce it what the fuck ever allegra geller is a world-renowned game designer of something called a biopod which you jack into it's strange and weird because this is a david cronenberg movie which means there's a lot of crazy weird body horror jude law plays a security guard who is tasked with uh, protecting her life and they it's kind of a neo-noir it's kind of a horror movie it's kind of a lot of things it's kind of playing with expectation 
It's a David Cronenberg movie. That's 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 really all it is. It's existence. There's an intimacy involved in playing existence that is beyond description. In the not too distant future, Allegra Geller has created the ultimate escape. The possibilities are so great. This is amazing. A parallel universe called Existence. Now I'm warning you. It's going to be a wild ride. It taps into your deepest emotions. You're the power source. Your body, your nervous system, your energy. It unleashes your wildest urges. I can't help myself. I'm saying it. A serious urge to kill someone here. Do it. It's just a game. But it's the first genuine threat to reality. It's a lot more fun when it starts feeling realer than real. And someone wants it stopped at all costs. You're worth a lot of money. Five million dollars for your dead body. Step into my office. Allegra, we need help. The only way I can tell if everything's okay is to play existence with somebody friendly. Yeah, uh, fuck this movie, I want to start off by saying. Uh, all right, okay, I, well, we have different opinions. <laughs> well, that's good, That that's what makes this show work. I'm not saying that I don't like, I don't hate all of it. I, I won't say that, but I guess we should start with the plot. You kind of gave a little up front there, but she is a video game designer, and would you call this the future? Yes. Her being Jennifer Jason Lee, she plays Allegra, by the way, I fucking hate the names in this goddamn movie. The name in this these movie this movie is they're in they're absolutely insane. <laughs> but, like um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the IMDB here. Um her name is Allegra Allegra Geller. Allegra Geller. And his name is Ted Peichel. Uh so let's so she is a video game designer and he is hired as her security. He is a just a I think a random security guard for the event. Oh God. So he's like a low-level security guard. So for they're a they're kind of like X. they're kind of soft testing a video game that she is introducing. Uh, yeah, they're, they're believe, almost beta testing it. I believe it's one of those things where it's like it's like like a charter group essentially. Like the game's about to come out, and so they. Well, it's almost like if we got to go people. see a movie. If we got to see a movie before it showed, it's almost like a test screening. It feels. Yeah, like. or like when they were announcing Xbox One and they had a bunch of games journalists like show up and they did a big press conference. It's kind of like that. Yes. Um, so they get like a small group of people to like do something with the game and then uh, the dude from Final Destination 3 shows up and shoots Is <laughs> shoots that is that who the fuck that is? Because god damn did he suck in this movie. You're, you're also, I mean, to say that she's releasing a new game, you think to yourself, oh, it's on an Xbox console. These mm-hmm. consoles look like human stomachs or something. It's, a, it's so it's, weird. It's like a biopod, so it's kind of like a living thing that has been 
uh, made so that it can enter an orifice in your spinal cord. You, the way they play games in this, I'm going to say future <laughs> future is that you have to be jacked in, which by the way, I've heard that better used in other movies and, and in Futurama. Oh yes. And I believe they use it in the matrix. They, they do. I'm pretty yeah. sure they do. Yes. A movie that I will have much different thoughts on. So before we proceed further into the plot, She's beta testing this game. Someone attempts to assassinate her with a gun that shoots teeth. It shoots teeth. It's called an organic gun. Of, co- of course and it is. It's of course like it is. Because everything bones. needs a goddamn clever <laughs> fucking title, doesn't it, Cronenberg? Oh, I like you. I actually like him. Oh. <laughs> I shouldn't be this mad at this movie. It's an yeah. It's uh, I think it's called an organic gun, or at least that's what the Wikipedia page calls it. I, oh, I don't I'll, know bet if that... I'll bet they did. They it's so funny. Oh my god! No, it's not. Oh, it's, it's right, made but... of like bones and it shoots teeth. They couldn't detect it. It's because it's because it's completely organic. Yeah. Shut up, Jude Law. Shut up. Just shut your mouth, Jude Law. All right. Before we go further into this, I wanna I wanna kind of break down Jude Law and Jennifer Jason Lee, if that's okay. Yeah. Where do you stand on Jennifer Jason Lee? Love Jennifer Jason Leigh. I do too. She's actually a person who has managed to make her way through the very kind of turbulent 80s era of like mm-hmm. movies and still manages to work and put out solid work. Yeah, I think every, every I don't know if there's been many movies where she's been in where I'm like, oh, I'm uninterested in this Jennifer Jason Leigh performance. Like she is almost fascinating every time you see her. I, well, and I, I always, the way I always like to look at a movie is to see, I like to see what I've seen, the last thing I saw that they're coming off of, and what they would do next. She just did Hudsucker Proxy before this, which okay. is miles away from this performance. And she does Road to Perdition, which is the next thing. It's not the next thing, but it's the thing that I know after this in Shit. 2002. So that's, yeah, that's like a, that's like a four-year gap. She doesn't do much. Yeah, she has stuff in between there, but it's not as big as that. Uh, okay. She gets top... Did you notice she got top billing in this? Well, she is the lead. She's I, the main performer. And see, I would totally think it's a, it's a co-lead between her and Jude Law. Well, yeah, I guess it is a two-hander. Yeah. They, so, they're both like in every scene almost. By the way, she's introduced as the gay pod goddess by that guy. <laughs> Christopher Eccleston, by the way, the worst doctor doctor in Doctor Who history, once okay. again showing why he was cut one season early. No. You don't, you don't Dis- like... Disagree. You don't, who's the worst doctor ever? Worst doctor ever? Okay, uh, let me rephrase. The worst in the current uh, reboot of the Doctor Who. Okay. I mean, it's hard to really... Because Matt Smith was like the doctor I came into Doctor Who on. Um, I agree. I agree. He's he's my favorite doctor. Yeah. And I love David Tennant. I've seen all of David Tennant stuff, but Matt Smith is the best doctor. The one after Matt Smith is probably the weakest. It's the one I've watched the least amount of. Peter Peter Capaldi. Yeah, it's not his fault. I think it's mostly where I dropped off. Yeah. Well, I also think it's because we were all so emotionally invested in Tennant, and we Mm. thought to ourselves, well, we'll never move on from him. And then all of a sudden, you have this rebound guy in Mm -hmm. Matt Smith, who's even better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I agree with you. Capaldi's pretty bad. I I don't know. I don't think Eccleston ever got his shot, but he's also yeah. So yeah. Lee, I don't feel she really knows what she's doing with this performance. Like I think <sighs> differently. I think she is supposed to be extremely cold, and Jennifer Jason Lee is the coldest. Well, there, there's a couple scene where she's not. She's, she's trying to hop yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, 
She's trying to get up on the law, if you know what I mean. I mean, who wouldn't get up on the law? Trying to get that at, at this point, at this point in his career, a lot of people wanted to get up on the law. And, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, well, he's, and by law, we mean Jude Law. Okay, so I want to point, the first thing I wrote in my notes was I wrote, Christ, Jude Law is young, mm-hmm. and he's miles away from his performance in the same year that he would be nominated for, the talented Mr. Ripley. I don't want to say that, if I was an Academy voter and I had seen this and I had seen Talented Mr. Ripley, I'd vote for someone else. But the pettiness in me thinks I may have done that because, God, I thought he sucked in this. I think he's great in this. Do you know the term wet behind the ears? Mm-hmm. He is so, in my opinion, wet behind the ears. And it's it's a lot of reacting from Jude Law, whereas opposed to Talented Mr. Ripley... I think he's also playing back at the thing that's, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm astounded that these two performances are in the same year. If you had told me this was five years before and he was still kind of starting, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense to me. But my God, it's, well, it's, and that might be the character too. I mean, I think it's a different mode. I think Ted Pickle is very, at least early on, supposed to be. Um, first of this... all, it's Ted Pickle. She, she says the name Pickle 975 times. I counted. It's, it's, so many times you're Pikel, Pikel, Pikel. You know what? The opening clip for this, I'm just gonna cut the words Pikel several times. You should do that. That sounds like a lot of work too. That does sound like a lot of work, but you should definitely do that. It's great. I think he's supposed to play like the wrong, wrong place, wrong time type archetype, where it's like a low level person who has to like. That's fair, I guess. I think, and I don't want to tip my hand until one of the reasons why I like this movie. I think everybody in this movie is playing an archetype. And is playing an okay. archetype very well. Okay, well, that's funny you say that because, and I want to point out, he was coming off of Gattaca, which he was very well received for, and the next thing he would do is Enemy at the Gates. So he's actually maybe in one of the that's, best, like, runs of his career. That is a good run. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the even the biggest Enemy at the Gate or Gattaca fan, but those two movies did very well. So. Is that the run that ends with Closer? Let's like, see. That's actually a great question. So I know he does the let's uh, let's because I think I think Talented Mr. Ripley is his breakout year. Yeah. So he does Existence and Talented Mr. Ripley. He then goes on to Enemy at the Gates. He then does Artificial Intelligence, which if you ever want to pick a movie to really upset me, there's your movie. <laughs> he then goes and does Road to Perdition along with her, and in my opinion, one of his most underrated performances is Road to Perdition. Mm. He then does Cold Mountain, which that's a bad movie. Feel about Cold Mountain the way you do. I like parts of it. He then does Alfie, which is severely skewered, but then he does Closer, and then he does The Aviator. And he does I Heart Huckabees, and then it ends with a little movie called Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty solid... That's a pretty solid... He's got two missteps, I think, in Alfie and Sky Captain. Uh, Cold Mountain, but Cold Mountain... One of, I, I, made he's it, not, he's not and... the problem in Cold Mountain. The Cold Mountain problem is there's no editing in that. The Cold Mountain problem is Cold it's Mountain, the movie. Okay, for, first of all, I will now I will now be doing a new segment where if I, if I want to defend a movie, I will use a quote from it, and I will be doing Renee Zellweger in her Oscar-winning scene where she says, they stood in the rain and they said, it's raining! Yeah, no, there are parts of Cold Mountain that don't work for me for sure, but there are parts I do really like. Also, I'm pretty sure, and this is not something that you should base a movie off of, I'm pretty sure Full Frontal Nicole Kidman, so for all you guys out there who are watching movies for nudity, Full Frontal Nicole. 
I'm not gonna rewatch. I'm not gonna rewatch Cold Mountain. No, no. You look up a scene. You just type in Nicole Kidman, Cold Mountain, and then I, whatever you need to get there. You know what? That's still too much work to get that's to Cold too, Mountain. That's too too much Cold Mountain for you. Yeah, that's like not a, a, Yeah, no, I'm good. I always I imagine you as like. Um, do you remember when Elaine had to go see the English Patient in Seinfeld? <laughs> I imagine just you with someone important, just them being like, "Are you watching the historical references? Because I can't take my eyes off the patch." And you're like, "It's too long. Just die already." <laughs> <laughs> basically so yeah so jude law actually has a pretty good run there and this takes us i think to our third person in not the cast necessarily but this takes us to uh, david cronenberg yeah because he's kind of the, i think the third piece to this pie because it's really okay. just the two of them okay yeah for a yeah. good for a good chunk the movie of the movie. Basically there's other people who come in and out, revolves uh, up. yeah yeah so how do I how do I put this as nicely as I can? This feels like a really piss poor version of Videodrome. I could not understand why he. Okay, th- this is what I wrote down. I wrote down it feels like David Cronenberg is aware that video games exist, and that was all the research he did. Yeah, I the whole. Do you know the the like the story behind why he started writing this movie? No idea. It's because he did an interview for some newspaper uh, with him and Salman Rushdie, and he took Salman Rushdie's like experience of having a fatwa against him, and was like, "What about if a fatwa happened to a video game designer?" And that was literally it. That's the end of what started this. And so, oh god, sorry, yeah, you, you caught me smoking right there as as you said that. Oh god, that's that's okay. So that should tell us. People don't want her putting this game this game out because essentially, yeah. So you have like these realists who don't like the game. They're never really explained why they don't like the game. Well, no, they sound like the guy at the end of Videodrome. That's that's really it. It almost feels like it's like a really ugly stepbrother to to Videodrome for me. That's kind of the way I looked at this movie. I was like, I I really expected James Woods to show up in a cameo. <laughs> that would be. I would not like that. Um, Are you not? I mean, I like you're not James, a James Woods, Woods guy. Like 1990. God, what's that? Los Angeles movie. 1989. James Woods is haggard and angry. I, I get you. Yeah, I get you. So Cronenberg is coming off of Crash at, before mm-hmm. this movie, which is pretty damn successful. And I mean, weird as fuck, but it's still a well-regarded movie. It's got great performances in it. And the next thing he does is Spider, which I haven't seen. But after that, he does a history of violence. How do you feel about a history of violence? History of violence is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> I And see, I would say it's the only thing that overtakes it is Eastern Promise. Like, it's like somehow they managed to make a better version of a similar movie, like just yeah. right after it. He has, he has that run with Vigo where he's on the upswing again. Mm-hmm. Well, after this movie, he doesn't write another movie until Cause, uh, what is it? Cosmonopolis? He doesn't write Spider. I thought he wrote Spider. No, no, someone nope, else. That well, is dead. yeah, someone else writes Spider. Someone, it's about, it's based Patrick, off a novel. Patrick Graf. He doesn't do History of Violence. Yeah, violence and also I have based seen off Cosmopolis, a graphic, graphic novel. I have seen uh, Cosmopolis. That is that is a very interesting movie. That's the movie that proved to me Robert Pattinson could act. I didn't realize it until that movie. I mean, you're just showing yourself for not seeing Remember Me or Water for Elephants. I don't. I don't need to. I don't. I don't need to <laughs> Water for Elephants. I mean. <laughs> What are, you, what are you gonna show me? He's gonna he's gonna water some elephants. I mean, he's gotta get those water to that to and, those and elephants. I, and I don't I don't need to see I don't need to see nine eleven through dreamy eye boy. I, I don't okay. need I don't need to see that. 
Is that, is that what that movie is? Am I thinking of No, it's not I'm about sure, 9-11. Sure. Oh, I thought it's it was a, about 9-11. No, it's a romance that happens to take place before 9-11. And then oh, he how interesting. That's, before. That's, so yeah. around it is what you're saying. No, it you ends know, I, with 9-11. I, just, I, honestly, I, honestly just, I honestly just never saw him in anything except those Twilight movies. And I'm not wasting my time on those. I know those aren't for me. You are those desperately are... trying not to talk about Existence. No, no, I, I honestly will. No, we can go back. Sorry. So Cronenberg directed this. Give them the plot. Sorry. I, no, I honestly want to talk about this movie because I have thoughts okay. on it. I am going to try to make the plot as so short said there and were, concise you said there as possible. Was, you, said there was body, you said there was body horror, right? There's tons of body horror in this okay, movie. Okay, I just want to, I, mean, I have my Cronenberg checklist. Okay, check. Continue. Okay. Allegra Geller is, uh, is... It's such a bad name. It's such a bad name. It's, you know why? I think it's because it's supposed to be like a noir like detective movie. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I, I also... It could be explained, but we'll have to get to the ending first. So, so she gets shot. Jude Law's character, who's Ted... What is it? Ted Peichel? Has to like protect her. They are driving out outskirts of the city. They meet um, Willem Dafoe, who plays Gas. Who's Be- like best best part of the movie, by the way. Super into Allegra Geller. Oh, like like gets on his knees and starts kissing her feet. He, by the way, is a gas station attendant. If if the name didn't tip you off, he gives Ted a like a bad porthole and shorts gellers if, if you guys imagine the small of your back guys that's where you put a cord into you to jack into these games yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yep <laughs> and see and see this was okay this is the first thing i want to touch on before you go a little further i don't like the technology in this because even though they don't tell you fuck all about it it also feels like they over explain it to you and yeah. i don't like that that so the example I will give about something like that that works, the movie Inception, you don't really know how that technology works. You just kind of have to accept it. And that's why that movie works. Like this doesn't work because the technology, at least for this part, I'm not saying the whole movie, but this part, it's like they over explain, but then you're just like, well, I still don't quite understand it. If you're going to explain technology that's not real, you have to explain it like to where we could understand it. It still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I like, agree. I, yeah, it's it's um, one of the weaker parts of this movie. What if I would say happened to a video game design. That's that, <laughs> I just now hear him pitching that at a studio meeting and they're they're all done up on coke and they probably have like oh god. Ugh. A lot of studios did not like this movie and did not accept this movie. Yeah, and, I, I I can't imagine why. Maybe it makes sense. You know what was a big song at the time? It's called I Can See Clearly Now. It was all about this movie. Um, no one wanted to buy it. Continue. I, go back to go back to Inception, I think that this would be a perfect double feature for Inception. That, because that's a pr- yeah, you're gonna play like, Inception second, right? You, well, yeah, well, you well you'd play Inception first to get people to the theater and then play Existence because it's a midnight movie. Um, oh, fair enough. Okay, okay, that's a- yeah. So fair. People who like Inception can be like, well, Existence is a bad version of Inception. People like me who don't like it's, Inception it's, and like Existence can be like, well, Inception's weird. just a bad version of Existence. Like, you, everybody talk walks out happy. When we talk about your second movie, I have a comparison for that as well. Okay. For, you, for your double feature. But continue. So they run away. They get stopped by this guy named Gas. He almost kills her. Yeah, and then Jude Law fucking blows his, like, head off him. Well, blows his, like, shoots him in the back of the neck with the porthole thing. Oh, and. It he looks like a gun that you would use to kill cattle. Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> it's really, really rough. Yeah. Uh, and then they go and meet Ian Holm, who is playing Kirk Curry Vinnercore. Yep. Yep. There, there's there's <sighs> and... another name. There's another <laughs> name. He must have thought he was so cool. He's like, you know what? 
when I write this movie and I direct it because I'm David Cronenberg and nobody's told me no in a while, which is what I believe kills a lot of great directors is no one's there to tell them no. That's why the Coen brothers will never suck because they're always going to have someone there to tell them no. He's yeah, like, Francis yeah. Tell no. What's that? Francis McDormand's going to be like, no, don't do that. Yeah, well, someone should have told her no on three billboards, but whatever. Yeah, but um, won her an Oscar. She I'm won sure. an Oscar for that. So. Oh, I know, I know. I don't think it's a particularly great movie, though, and I don't think it's a particularly amazing performance out of her. I think there's good parts, but I guarantee you if I looked at that list, there's something stronger that year, for me yeah, at least. Probably. They eventually, she eventually says, we got to we gotta get you into this game so you can help me recover it or something. Mm. So they have to, so Ian Holmes' character, who I'm not going to repeat his name because his name is stupid, um, he oh, fixes no, no. the bio No, 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 he will only, in fact, we're changing your name to his name. <laughs> I don't remember what it is, but. Curry Vinicor. I'm Curry. Um, he, he was thinking kids were going to, people were going to be naming their kids Gas and Curry Vinicor. Yeah, like. Then oh, I will. Lofty, ex- he had lofty I can, I can explain this at the end of the movie. <laughs> it all Go makes ahead. sense. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. So um, they jack into the game. They jack into the game. They meet this guy named Darcy Nader, which there is. Are, if you're asking if in Darcy there is a apostrophe after oh. the D for the A, there is. Oh, there be an apostrophe. The names are so fucking annoying. <laughs> Maybe that's what I hated. Darcy Nader, who I forget who's played by. He's played by like a Canadian character actor that has been in a bunch of Cronenberg movies. He's basically right. like... A... What? You couldn't get Elias Coteus for that role? Jesus Christ. <laughs> How he... dare you? He was Casey Jones. He gives them like inside, like inside, like inside scoop, uh, sells them a game within the game. It's It's very meta and weird. And then, and see, this is what I don't like. It's the concept of like the, they did it so piss poorly. But Inception does the exact same thing and says like, hey, like it's a dream within a dream. You can do that. It makes sense. It this is this is you know what this I think is my biggest problem with it. I don't think his explanation is worth what we get. I don't I, think. I, I think the setup isn't as good as the pay. I think the setup is better than the payoff, and the payoff isn't that good to begin with. I I mean I disagree, but I but I I I mean my thing is I don't think it matters. I don't think the setup matters. I don't know if that's what what the movie is is even trying to convey. Like <sighs> Inception, the setup is very important because that's the entire movie is like the idea of putting a dream in a dream in a dream in a dream. Like that's the whole point of the movie. This movie's doing a lot of other things on top of oh, it. Oh so for I don't sure. Know if it oh for matters. sure. I just I don't think it works like. And I'm not saying it doesn't work for other people. Obviously, this worked for enough people to where they made it. That's always the thing you have to look at. Even the worst movies, someone put money to that. Bad idea or not, someone had enough faith in it to say that. And I'm not saying it didn't. The people know about this movie. I, I know people in those movies. My friend Greg loves this movie. I'm going to be I, real with you. This movie rules, and I love no, this movie. No, it, I would no. not put my money. I would not oh. put my money into this. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to hear what our ratings are on this, because... <laughs> <laughs> I, right now, right now, I'm I'm looking a lot like Nicholson in that Shining shot where he's got his head up against the um the refrigerator door when he's trapped in there. <laughs> You've got a big surprise coming. Let me let, let me tell you. That's let me fine. tell you, Tyler. You've got a big That's surprise fine. coming. I just like in this movie that Ted says like the most on brand on the nose Cronenberg line of all time when he goes, "I am extremely worried about my body." <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! The <laughs> fact that he says I've never been penetrated, and Jude Law says that like a guy who's legitimately trying to say it, which doesn't even come close. Like, 
Yeah. Do you remember the movie Half Baked? Yeah, vaguely. The stoner movie with Dave Chappelle. Yes, yes. There's a moment in that movie where the guy who gets sent to prison for accidentally killing a horse because he fed it too much has this moment where he's looking at a calendar and there's a guy in the jail who wants to sexually assault him. And he just starts crossing out the guy and writing the word no on it. That guy better conferred to me that he did not want to be penetrated by, as the, the characters know, Nasty Nate. Rather, Jude Law did by this, like, gun that's going to make him be able to go into this video game world. <laughs> I've been watching Half-Baked a lot recently in preparation for today, since it is 420. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yes. I forgot it was 420. Yes, just the moment where he's just writing naughty jungle of love across the guy's crotch. If Jude Law had done something like that, maybe then I could see it, but... He's the least convincing guy who wants not to be penetrated in a David Cronenberg movie. <laughs> After that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where were we why, in why the... Why did you like this movie? They're, they're, they're jacking into the game and then they had to jack into another okay. game. So they then assume identities as factory workers and meet, and I'm definitely going to butcher this name, Yvengeny Nourish and go on their lunch break where they order they go on their lunch break to a Chinese place and order a large mostly unedible plate with, that they use to build the organic gun out of okay i want to i want to get into this because we have to talk about this this has one of the worst sequences of cgi i have ever seen what sequence oh is the, it the the little dragon thing yeah oh crap is it bad which he has to then eat so he can make the tooth gun. Yeah. <laughs> then, so they have this like Chinese waiter who is annoying. Which oh, I oh, hold on, hold on one well. second, hold on one second. Does the Chinese waiter have an over-the-top death? Yep. Okay, I'm just checking off my Cronenberg list. Good, good. Yep. Just wanted, just wanted to make sure. Yep. Okay, we've got one more on the list, and then I know it's a Cronenberg movie, but hey. we'll, we'll get, we'll get that. Yep. Yeah. They shoot a Chinese waiter uh, <laughs> ridiculously. Oh, that's a shame. It is a beautiful dish. Like, yeah. his acting is so bad. It's not good. He... It's supposed to be, I'm pretty sure. It's supposed to be pretty bad. Um, I don't know. I don't like... I don't like it. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. I don't. I really don't like that part of the movie. Anyway, they find out that they weren't Why supposed to kill him. Why would you want to play a video game where you're a factory worker? Uh, it gets into like the whole like tropes thing again, yeah. and I I don't ugh, I don't know. It's one of the parts of the movie that I think does not gel very well, and I'm assuming what you think it's one of the many parts of the movie that doesn't gel very well. I mean, I don't want to say that the minute they get into the actual game, even before they go into the game within a game, that th that she's not just hot to bang the shit out of him for some reason. She has been cold and shitty to him for like. 40 minutes but and the minute they're in this game boy is she just on to jump on his dick it makes sense it, I, I, I know i, I know i know it's the game it's their avatars it's not her oh yeah no that, no it's what it's, it's the it's they are playing two people they're playing characters i know i just oh god i don't like the way it's executed at all okay well keep, keep anyway keep, so keep going we're almost so, the good one they go back to the factory where Geller ports a diseased pod, which almost kills her with Nick's little to no sense. 
Um, and then Nora shows up and just burns the... the just okay, burns okay. The can can, I, can I tell you a scene I just forgot about that made me mad? Is yeah. when he asks, why doesn't your bioport get infected? And she goes, are you serious? And then just proceeds to open her mouth and stick out her tongue. Like, yeah, because a mouth that's clearly designed to be opened as opposed to an open wound is the same thing. Sure. Like, no, it's no, it's not. It's not the same thing. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, I hate all of the logic in this movie. I but will. We I will, We will have a conversation about that at the end. They. So the guy who sold them the game, Hugo Carla, is okay. Well, that's not. That's let's back up a little bit. So yeah. Nourish hits it with a flamethrower. It dies. They go back to the real world, which is the ski lodge. Uh, like eight twists happen in ten minutes. Oh my god! I, it's insane. I. I, I fell asleep last night during this movie i woke up and i put it on from the last thing i remembered and watched which was about where they get back to the ski lodge and i weirdly remembered everything that happened for the rest of the movie but i know i slept through it like i don't know how it happened but good god so hugo carla who was a character from earlier shows up and is a part of the resistance tries to kill ted ted killed or ian holm kills him then Geller kills Ian Holm, and the then the fuck you Ted... doing, Ian Holm? Do you not invest your money well? Jesus Christ, man! Why are you taking projects like this? Who knows? You, you were Jack the Ripper and um, Bilbo Baggins, the good one, not the not the nine hour Huck and Hobbit movie. Anyway, oh, Geller ends up winning, and it turns out that they have been in a game the entire time. They were Three in games. a game, within a game, within a game. Look at us, we're so clever. Another movie won't do this better until Inception. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, I actually think it's Oh, it sucks. It, if it, you guys hadn't noticed, we've gamed together before. Uh, yeah, that's it, Jennifer Jason Lee and Jude Law making out, because, oh, they're clearly together. Yeah. Okay, let me... Christopher least... Eccleston was part of the game within the game within the game. <laughs> William Defoe Everyone... was part of the game within the game within the game. <laughs> Everyone was a part of the game within the game. And some <laughs> characters are smaller than other characters. I get and... it. There are no such thing as small actors, just small parts. Yes. Um, get... I absolutely love this. Um, I hated it. Makes... I, I hated it. I feel like I saw it coming a mile away, and it still pissed too. me off. Like, I did too. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, they've been in a game since the movie started. I, yeah. I knew that from the second I saw it. I was like, yeah, you don't act like that much of a psycho the way Allegra, the way the way she's hanging out by the coffee pot at the beginning. She's like, eh, look at me, I'm Allegra Geller, eh, eh. and that's Todd Pikel. Eh. Fuck. Fucking hate this movie. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't like this. It pissed. I haven't hated a movie in a while, so it's actually kind of nice. So thank you for that at least. Oh, oh our viewpoints are very different. I love this oh, movie. I'm I absolutely so enjoyed so all of it. It's this was your first time viewing it. Yeah, I've never seen it before. Okay, it was it, mine too. That's very interesting. Yeah, it, I think it's so fun <laughs> and stupid. I, I, I just I didn't I didn't feel rewarded by the payoff. And I, we're not even at the we're not even at the mega twist yet either. Yeah, which yeah. is so. So it's not real... just designed by her; she's a player in the game. Yeah. Okay. And, and the guy who designed it, design. the guy who designed it was Norish, whose real name is, I believe, Norish. Yeah. And when they get out of the um of the th the thing, they no, walk the over. The real name of the game is Transcendence, but it's got a big C and it's got a big R, whatever bullcrap. That God. is actually so funny. 
Is it funny? It's so funny. Well, because the name of the game and the thing had it. Is that why? Yeah, it's, funny? it's because it's it's Ugh. such like a dumb video game thing. Even especially like in the '90s when you had games that were like named so. I will, I will, like, so I will give you that. I will give you that in the '90s that made a lot of sense. Yeah. But man, ugh. you know also, what it is? you know what it is. I'll bet you if I saw this when it came out, I probably would have enjoyed it. But it just doesn't hold up. Like that might be my biggest problem with it. I, I mean, agree to disagree because I think it holds up. I love the look of this movie. I love the like I, I, I effects of the movie. And I and I am not. And this is not make. I don't want people to think I dislike David Cronenberg. I think David Cronenberg is one of the most underrated filmmakers in some ways. That dude makes movies that he wants to make. He's almost like when David Lynch retires, passes gets convicted of keeping clowns in his basement for experiments, whatever it is that takes David Lynch out of the game. I believe Cronenberg is one of the two people who, if he was still doing it at the rate he was around this time, would have claimed to the throne of like the weirdest filmmaker in Hollywood. I, that's the thing is like, I, this movie's not that, well, you know, their game (laughs) systems look like human stomachs. I I don't know what you, what, what's your definition (laughs) of weird because good god i'm a little scared now you know what i will walk that back a little bit i i don't find this movie to be very it's not his most disturbing no i I don't don't find it to be that strange i mean i do watch a lot of like non-traditional and non-hollywood film and so like i've seen interesting uh movies i don't find this movie to be that not straightforward like i think it's really very clear from like almost the beginning that they're in a game yeah i mean it's so obvious and And i don't think that's my biggest problem i don't think the movie is pulling the rug out from underneath you when they are in a game i think the movie's like yeah they're in a game like that's the point isn't whether or not they're in a game the point is how they act did naomi watch this with you uh no okay i neither did brielle i'm I'm almost fascinated to get her thoughts on it because i um by the way, um, I don't know if she celebrates Valentine's Day, but I want to get our ladies on to do one of these on Valentine's Day. Mm, and nice. they each just pick a movie and we just let them go. <laughs> we just walk out of the room. No, no, that's what we do is like we, we like that's that's the that's the that's the special episode for Valentine's Day is we let our, our better halves talk about two movies. I would like that. That's yeah, I think it's really good nice. Idea. Yeah, um, I've got a bunch of special ones planned. Um, if we had planned this one better, we would have we would have done something involving marijuana. But next year we will have that down. But yeah, it's oh my god, it's they're in a game. Like okay, but that's not even the weirdest part. Then a dog shows up, a well, giant dog. There's a runner that that dog keeps bringing people that organic gun. Does it? Yeah, they keep saying my dog brought me this because it's shaped like bones. Oh god. <laughs> oh, I didn't even put that together. Oh, that sucks even more. Oh, you suck. You suck, video game movie. Ah! Ah! I hate you. Uh, I love this movie so much. I'm so glad you do. I'm so glad someone does. I'm really quiet. Even, even the dog hated it. I, I, I just sit there and I think to myself, like, David Cronenberg, like, I, I have to believe, like, did this do well? No, 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 no. Good. No, no, no. At no, least no. I have that. No, well, this here, movie had, I think, a $20 okay, million dollar budget, made $2 million back. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Good. 
this time. Matrix really, really hurt this movie. Okay, that, I want to talk about that. Have you seen the poster for this movie, the cover? It They make it look like an action movie, and it doesn't well, make sense. Well, that's part of it, but the one of the things, like, you know how back in the day it used to say, like, Roger Ebert says, two thumbs up. Gene Shalit says, I came in my pants. Things like that are written on the poster. There's one by someone that says, makes the Matrix look like ch- child's play. Now, I read that, and at the time, I had had a couple of puffs of my pen, and two things crossed my mind. I said, are they saying that this movie makes The Matrix look like a childish version of this movie, or are they saying The Matrix looks like the movie Child's Play? Because I really wasn't sure what he was trying to get across there. I'm pretty sure it's the first It's the one, first one. But at the same time, it's a weird dig at The Matrix if, if, if it's the second one. Because so, the the first one, I mean... Oh, it's definitely the first one, but I still wanted to bring up that second point. It's a weird dig <laughs> if it's the second one. I, I it's just, a weird like, dig I'm regardless. Like, I'm like, I'm, which I'm really glad you kind of picked this because they weirdly sync up together. I just... It, no, it doesn't. It, it's not anywhere near the level of that other movie. Like, I... I well... I think they're both masterpieces, so... I mean, that's what I'm going to say about this. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think Extends is a masterpiece. I think Matrix is a masterpiece. I think they're both no, amazing no. movies. No, 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 no. Hold on, back, 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 hold, hold the phone, hold the phone, Sally. No one is discussing the Matrix as a masterpiece. That's we're not even going to contend that. We're that's 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 in the next half of this in this thing. You're saying Existence is a masterpiece? Yep, definitely. What? I mean, what? I I wouldn't crown it that right now because I need to watch it at least another time. But like, yeah, I'm leaning towards it. Like, I think it's, okay. I think okay. it's absolutely. Fair enough. You know what? You're right. Every movie deserves a second viewing. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. No, but yeah. What? Yeah. Do you, what else? Do you have anything else you would like to? I well, I would like to add that it's not the, like the movie isn't making a point about like, oh, it's a game within a game. It's within a game. It's more about like how they react to being in a game and how it's like it's kind of really building off of like existential philosophy of like it's not really the game more or less how you live in it but just like it's like it's not whether or not life has meaning or any inherent value but like how you live life determines like how happy you are and so i think that's kind of like the whole point of the movie is like that and then also like the collaborative nature of art and there's just like i think there's just a lot i could probably get out of this movie i just need like a couple more viewings yeah, I, I guess I could I guess I could see that. It's for me it it just didn't work. And look, I've never I've never made a feature length film. I, I don't know the hardships that go into it. For all we know, Jude Law had finished the other talented Mr. Ripley before this, and he was just like, Oh yeah, I'm fucking winning an Oscar this year, so I'm just gonna breeze my way through this shit. For all we know, Jennifer Jason Lee was on pills the whole movie. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Perhaps maybe there was just problems with the script that people couldn't agree on. Who knows? I don't know. But they were able to set up a camera and they were able to film something. And I give them credit for that. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not for someone. Clearly it's for you. You really enjoyed this movie. Oh uh, yeah, it clicked with me. That's good. I'm so happy. <laughs> so happy for you. Ugh. I think I think Jude Law and Jennifer Jason Lee had an unenviable task of playing three different people. They're like I playing also, a person, playing a person, and not really letting us telling us that. Not really yeah, telling yeah. us that they're doing that. And like, yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's incredibly hard to do. Yeah, it's it's not just that. I just I don't think there was any depth to either of their characters. They were just these one dimensional like, and that's what game characters are. So maybe in that sense, but 
it just didn't feel, and they also didn't feel like they had chemistry. It felt very awkward. I yeah, I will give them that. The, and the, I don't want I don't want to make this seem like an I don't want to make this seem like an ageist thing. She also feels too old for him, weirdly, weird. but like yeah. also looks the same. I'm I'm not saying that's weird. My parents are eight years apart. Love is what love is, as long as it's between two legally consenting adults. If an 18 year old wants to date a 50 year old, great, go ahead. As long as you two are both consenting to it, I have yeah, no. I don't know. There's a power imbalance there, but I. I oh, I, I agree. There. Oh, there's definitely a power imbalance. There, there totally is. I'm not disagreeing that. I'm saying this is not about the movie. Okay, all right. Yeah. Do you want to do the ratings? You want to do ratings? I want to hear what your rating is. I would like to go second, please. Okay. Well, my rating is four and a half out of five. Okay. Four and a half. Uh, it'll Good. probably that's a, uh, that's a that's a Tanahashi Saber Junior match. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. It, if, well, if I watch it again and I like it uh, as much as I did the first time, it's de- it's a five out of five. So. Okay. Okay. One. <laughs> point five out of five. I did not enjoy this movie. I will really have to struggle to sit down and watch it again. I would show this movie to someone I was mad at, probably, just to. <laughs> <laughs> make them have to go through it too and who knows maybe if they like it then i've done something good on the other side but no i one out of 1.5 out of five i i had it at two when i when i rated it on my twitter but i was like yeah i'm not still comfortable with two out of five <laughs> yeah it, ju- it just didn't work for me wow we we have never been that far apart on a, on a film that's good i like that between us <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's the mountain it's the mountain between us. I'm Idris Elba and you're the girl who takes her top off in all those movies. It, Kate Winslet, that's her it, name. It is a cold mountain between us. Yes, it is a cold mountain of existence between us. <laughs> there's there's the name of the of the book we'll be writing, where we just write down our thoughts of each of these movies. The cold mountain of existence between <laughs> us. Fuck that movie. Okay, can we talk about the second film, please? Yes, let's talk about something you'll enjoy talking about. Oh, will I? Are you sure? No, I'm kidding. Go ahead, tell us, uh, what is what is our second film? For a long period of time, this next movie held the highest sales for a DVD ever. And that is, of course, the Wachowski siblings, The Matrix. you were so sure was real what if you were unable to wake from that dream how would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world what is happening to me the answer is out there neo it's the question that drives us what is the matrix the Matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? They're watching you, Neo. Human beings are a disease. You are a cancer of this planet. And we are the cure. Get me the hell out of here! Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy. Because Kansas is going bye-bye. 
Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This, you used a word earlier, which I wouldn't even put in the same state as the movie existence. You used the word masterpiece. That's Mm -hmm. what this film is in a Mm -hmm. word. This film Mm -hmm. is an absolute masterpiece. And unlike Existence, and I'm not going to beat on Existence the entire movie. Existence. Unlike Existence. Existence. What? Existence. Okay. Existence. <laughs> it's Existence. <laughs> Port butthole movie is what I'm going to start calling it if you, don't, if you don't let me get off of this. This film has held up in a way that I have not seen a movie hold up maybe since Jurassic Park. Yeah. There are very few few things about this movie that have aged badly i can name maybe two but let's go into the plot and the cast and i'm glad you said siblings because that's what they are now Mm -hmm. the wachowskis themselves let's let's talk about what this movie's about i mean we have to assume everyone knows this movie right i feel like i feel like if you are this far into the itunes and listening to this podcast you have to know what the matrix is like I mean, but that's the question. What is the Matrix? What is the Matrix? Who are we? Where yeah, am I? Exactly. How'd you get uh, my house? Yeah. Do you want me to do like a like a synopsis for this? Yeah. Do, okay. do, a, do a quick one. So I wrote up a really quick one. I'm probably going to skip a ton of stuff that we can go back and talk about. But uh, programmer Thomas Anderson, who sells bootleg hacks as Neo, feels oh, disconnected God. with the world around him. One night, his computer tells him to follow the white rabbit, which he sees as a tattoo on a woman in a goth leather bar. That woman, Trinity, tells him that a man named Morpheus can answer his question. Hold on. Yes? Back back that up. Trinity does not have the white rabbit tattoo. No, she does not? Okay, well, the woman I... He, the woman he... Oh, I just wanted to make sure... Pe- not that people don't know. The person he follows leads him to a bar where he meets Trinity. Okay, that's right. All right, just making I, sure. I, you know, I was... I just great. don't want someone to call us a liar online and be like, hey, Trinity didn't have the white rabbit tattoo. I'm, I'm not going back and explaining. Yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. She does not. I, I, so like Trinity I said, I tells him like you need to follow the Matrix. <laughs> you're doing great. I'm sorry, I should not have interrupted you. You're fine. That's my, that's my, that's my well, it's it's one part petty dig for the Existence film I had to watch, but it's also, oh, it's I also, was, I mean, I was being petty too, so let's, like, no, no, let's no, no, you're fine, but it's also me just like, my brain hears that, and like, the one half is like, Ben, just let it go, and the other half's like, no, he needs to know. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, if I get so anything else existence. wrong. I'm not, I'm not correcting it. Just cor- no, just do major. it. Just do it. I don't care. Unless, I'd rather not get you're like, unless you're like, and Cypher is the hero. Like, I'm <laughs> like uh, excuse me. Excuse me. What movie is this? Okay. So anyway, anyway, earlier back you said, you, okay, so Trinity tells him to seek out the Matrix, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially to seek out like like the Matrix and Morpheus and to like answer these questions essentially. And then I call him Porpheus. Because his pores and in this movie, he's, he's open. He he's oh, 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 he's, oh he's open, open to ideas, into skincare products. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna beat up on this movie. I really liked this movie. Um, so he so she tells him to seek out Morpheus. We don't really know who Morpheus is. Well, we see a little bit of him in the beginning. Like if you if you're paying attention on his computer screen, Morpheus pops yes. up. Like, you, see, you, see like, you see like a, a file yeah. slash yeah, because he's because he, Neo's a hacker. Mm-hmm. He's a hacker. He yes. hacks. I don't know exactly what he hacks, but he hacks. 
I think it's just it's, I think it just like true. writes like shitty code, like like burner code. I don't know. I imagine he probably at his job is just writing code all day, and then which for some reason you need to wear a suit. Whereas in like his day to day life, he's probably just running stuff that helps people hide their identities online. If I had to guess, or there's yeah, or I think he's selling, he's selling something. He's selling like answers to questions, like answers to quizzes or some black market nonsense. Probably. I forget exactly what it is. I used to know a lot more about this, but I that information has left my head. Hey, you you had to fill it with uh with that other movie. I had to fill it with existence. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, we're no more. I'm no not more. About that anyway, the next day at work, he gets reprimanded for being late constantly. A guy shows up, has a burner phone. Neo gets a call like as soon as he opens the the package up. It's a burner phone. It's Morpheus. And then as he gets the phone call, three bland white guys known as agents uh, show up and eventually apprehend First of him. All, you be careful about the man I love, who you speak of. Two bland guys. And Hugo <laughs> fucking weaving, rocking the greatest fucking bad suit I've seen since Gary Oldman in The Profession. That's the best thing about the agents, is that their suits never quite fit right. Oh my god, it's because they're not quite right. Yeah, they're Okay, I would like to point something else out. When, he, when he's being reprimanded by his boss, take a look at his boss again. His boss looks like the Kmart version of Hugo weaving, and I feel <laughs> they did that really on purpose. That makes sense. That makes sense. Do you have anything to say about the next scene where the agents, like, do weird body horror stuff to Neo? Oh, you mean the body horror that actually worked? Mm. I do, actually. I do have something to say about this, and here's what it is. This is one of the few scenes that I was really worried about in rewatching. The stuff on his mouth is a little weird. It but, is. But it actually still holds up really well. When do you want to go into who's in this? Oh, the actors? Yeah. Yeah, I should have done that. That's my bad. No, uh, no, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. So Neo is I mean, played by Keanu Reeves. Duh. This, this is the movie where Keanu Reeves stopped being a somewhat successful actor and became a legitimate movie star. Outside of butchering a bunch of blind orphans, Keanu Reeves will work for the rest of time because of this yeah. movie. This well, movie this, made him a fucking megastar. Yeah, this movie made him a bajillionaire. He goes and does a bunch of... Out after the Matrix. There's a reason of... he just rides the subway whenever he wants. It. Yeah, he he's do a... anything else. There's a reason he's allowed to take off like three years in between John Wick one and two and not really do anything, because he made this movie and he kind of got the the Lucas treatment like you do in Star Wars, where he got kind of like I imagine some stuff on the back end for like the other ones and mm -hmm. did very well. So he's made a lot of money. Oh, from he's, these two he's, movies, from oh, these three movies. I should oh say. yeah, and he's and I'll say this too. This is the best performance Keanu Reeves has ever given. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, my own private Idaho. To quote that terrible, he okay. I will, I will tell you, my own private Idaho is a good performance. But there are two moments in this movie, and one of them, unfortunately, has become a laughable meme, so you really can't use it as well. But there is a moment in this movie at the end where he takes a step and does one thing and says one line of dialogue where he convinces you fully that something has not only in the character been unlocked, but he has taken a step from a guy who was an actor that people knew into the biggest name on the fucking planet. This movie mm. was gigantic. Mm -hmm. And mm. the sequels were bigger. Like Yeah, somehow. Yes. I, I've never understood how the sequels could possibly be any, like, so much bigger than this than this movie, and this movie was everywhere. 
Like this so was the movie. He's of coming. He, let me put it to you opinion. this way: He's coming off of the Devil's Advocate off at this point. Ew. He does that. He does. I like parts of the Devil's Advocate. It's a really bad movie, but Pacino a, is so fucking over the it, top in that movie, and he's not. He doesn't apologize once. It's it is a it is a strange movie. The main problem with the Devil's Advocate is it is uh, like seventeen hours long. I think it's it's very long. And with commercial breaks, it's even it's longer. Long. Is it really long? It's super long. It's like almost oh three hours, god. right? Oh my god, I didn't know that. I think I've oh. only ever watched it with commercials, which made it feel like a fucking day and a half. Oh my god. And he goes and does the replacements after this. This movie was not supposed to do that well. No. Like, no. nobody expected what this movie was well, going to be. Well, well yeah. I, actually, actually, that's not true. I think there were three people who expected this movie to be something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's the siblings, and I think that's uh, Joel Silver. Yeah, I think they and were. Joel like, Silver this... backed the right pony on this one. Like... He did. Well, he he made them make Bound first, and then was like, "Now I, you can make." We we will talk about that because I want to talk about Bound because I didn't see Bound till after this. But so he eventually finds Morpheus. Well, the rebels uh, eventually find him. That's right. The, and then, the rebels. They are the rebels. They are the rebels. So there are the, these people grab him. Trinity, along with um, Trinity, I'm going to call him Trinity's Trinity, Trinity and the Trinity and the rebels is what I'm going to call their Trinity, band Trinity, Trinity and the rebels. No, just Trinity. Trinity, Trinity, Trinity and the rebels. Um, uh, or Tricube and the rebels. Tricube um, and the rebels. Yeah, Tricube and the Rebels um, grab up Neo and they say, we got to get you to Morpheus. We Time is of the essence. By the way, you have a spider tracker in your stomach that you see them put into him. I like that how how literal this movie is, where it's like, you have a bug and it's like an actual bug. <laughs> I think my favorite, one of my favorite reactions from Keanu is goes, Jesus Christ, that thing is real. Yeah. Like, you're just like, you're like, that's exactly how I'd react to this That's movie. how I would react too, is just, wh- what? Or, or I would look directly into the camera and be like, I'm not comfortable being penetrated. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to beat up on that movie anymore. I gave it my rating. Let existence go. I won't. I'm going to keep it like we kept Mandela in prison. It's oh staying God. there till it learns its lesson. That's not true. Nelson Mandela no, Well, I mean, wrong. what ended up happening um, that is he became president. So, yes, that's true. So realistically, you're telling me, ah, oh, damn it. Well, yeah, existence is going to become gonna president. Beautiful Criterion collection. No, it so, won't. Well, I hope you buy that movie. I, I definitely will. So he gets to Morpheus, who's played by Larry Fishburne. I would say overacting of the movie goes to Larry Fishburne. He is on fire. Oh, oh, he's great. Don't get me wrong. This overacting does not harm it. But there no. are moments, like like the scene where he's being interrogated and his eyes are rolled in the back of his head, he's really fucking going for it. Anytime he gets hit in any fight later on, he pulls a, like, Ric Flair face. It's the funniest thing to me. Can we talk about the scene where he goes through the wall where he's just like, oh, yeah. and, just, like and just comes through the wall at him? Yeah, it's so great. This movie... As the great moment where he's on top of him, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, the great Morpheus. He goes, and you are? And he goes, he goes, Smith. He goes, you all look the same to me. It's so fucking over the top. He's so, so... He meets Morpheus. Morpheus says, hey, you want to take blue pill? You want to take red pill? Red pill keeps you in my world. Blue pill, you wake back up at home. And he takes the red pill because the movie would have been 20 Could you imagine he takes the blue <laughs> pill? And he, and he goes, he goes, and you know what? I met my wife the next day. Pretty good little existence. Yeah, Rage Against Machine starts playing. <laughs> oh, we're going to get into that at the end. So... He, we didn't even touch, I'm going to say this too, Hugo Weaving, easily one of the best villains of the last two decades. Oh yeah, definitely. 
And I'll say this too, Carrie Ann Moss, who plays Trinity, doesn't get the due she deserves in her career. She's No, she deserved a lot more. I think She I, should have been huge. It's just one of those things where it's like, this character is so tied to... It's like, she isn't yeah. that character. She is Trinity, if that makes do sense. You know, do you know the story behind that? No. So, after this movie hit big, like, it, it took a little bit, but once it hit super big, she went into a Toys R Us and, like, bought an action figure of herself because she just wanted to have that. And she was just dressed normally. She wasn't obviously in, like, the dominatrix leather. And she hands it to the woman, and, like, she, the woman scans it. She goes, oh, Trinity. She expected, like, she was going to know who she was. She goes, yeah, my husband really likes him, too. Bagged it up and handed it to her. Had no idea who she was. Like, Jesus. Uh, I know. Isn't that, a, isn't that an amazing story? Like, that woman had no idea. Like, yeah, you're buying, I'm buying an action figure of myself. Yeah. Well, like, she had never been in a yeah, movie she, before uh, The Matrix. Like, she'd never seen herself. And she goes on and does on. a couple things. Like, she's yeah. she's pretty big in the Jessica Jones universe with that show. She, um, yeah. Memento. Jesus. I mean, she's in Nolan's first, I second. Mean, second. Don't forget yeah. following. Oh, no one will ever forget the following. Trust yeah. me. There's another movie if you want to really get my blood boiling. If you um, have take a just a quick hour hour and 16 minute nap just turn on following i'll i'll be asleep 10 minutes in oh god it's so easy and i don't know why well it's not maybe good but we go on they give him the red pill and they take him to this room you i guess i guess this is where the spoiler happens i guess if there is a spoiler i mean for this 20 year old -old movie movie, that's one of the most well-known franchises of all time we all know the the matrix Yes, it turns out everything you know about the world is a lie. We are all trapped in sleeping tubes that are powering the machines that rule over us. Everything you know about that world is a computer simulation. It's all a fucking lie. Mm-hmm. And when you die, you're liquid. You're liquefied to become batteries for whatever. Yeah, become food for the other ones. <laughs> yeah, they grab Neo on their ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. The Nebuchadnezzar raises him up. You spend the next like five to seven. By the way, I will give this credit about this movie. They book it really quickly to get to the plot. Oh, yeah. Like, they don't spend... This is another reason why this movie works. There's not a... There might not be a scene of this movie that I would cut. Like, I can't think of one thing about this movie that doesn't make this movie work on another level. This movie is so punchy and, and like, feisty. And one thing I didn't mention is it starts with Trinity. Like, it starts with, like, a amazing like 10 minute action sequence that and, is and just... that's the other thing too is like this movie gives you action and this is mm-hmm. why i don't think the sequels work as well this movie gives you action in waves and and or ebbs and flows like sometimes you have action sometimes you're dealing with the actual plot of the movie and you're forced to actually pay attention because there's so much going on and then when you get the action you can kind of just zone out and enjoy like the violence and mm-hmm. the the other movies were like action 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 here's a little bit of plot action 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 there you go like like, that's how that felt. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the problem with, I mean, I haven't seen the sequels in forever, and I plan on rewatching them after watching uh, this movie and absolutely rewatching The Matrix and absolutely loving it. I remember just like Neo just becomes like a god essentially, and it's just kind of boring <laughs> to watch that. That's, that's part of it. I will say there is five minutes, maybe less, in The Matrix Reloaded, the sequel to this one that I think rivals almost any scene in this movie outside of, like, a couple. Like, there's five minutes in that movie that's absolutely... I mean, if I remember correctly, there is a there is a chase sequence that's, like, almost a half an hour in that movie. That the I chase sequence is... isn't what I'm talking about, because, yes... Absolutely incredible. Long. It's incredible, but it's just really long. No, I love it's it. the opening where he fights those three agents, 
And just how he's adapted to that character is absolutely incredible. So, actually, they... wait, hold on. There's also that scene where he fights a bunch of them with a stick. I, you know what? I might actually love the second movie, now that I think about it. Oh, the second movie's great. It's the third movie that doesn't work. The second mm. movie is an... Okay, so, like, imagine you're an Olympic gymnast, and you're about to dismount off the bar, and you have to stick the landing. The... Matrix Part 2 is the jumping off the bar and doing all the cool shit in the air. Matrix 3 is the landing, and sadly, one of your your knees just shattered. Like, that's <laughs> fortunately the third Matrix movie. It just doesn't work as a finishing product. And it leaves you... The problem with the finishing a trilogy, and I hate to say it, there's so much more you could do with this world. The Matrix 3 doesn't answer all your questions. It kind of leaves you with more, and that's not what you do if you're closing a trilogy. Ah, I disagree. I, I, I think there's too much <laughs> that they don't... I mean... I don't like I don't like where that movie ends. I, I think there needs to be a more definitive end to that movie. Like ah, I just I, I mean, don't think I it guess. Ends. I guess. I, I don't particularly remember what the ending is. I mean, it's been since I was little since I've seen the yeah, last I, movie. I get you. I get you. Um and also they got they so got they, I think the, here's the other thing, and this is getting back to the original Matrix. What makes this movie work in comparison to the other two better than the other two is one, it is the first one. So it's the first time you're seeing any of this. Whereas the second one, you know, the world, you know, what's going on. They don't have as much money for this one. And this mm. one feels way more scaled back than, than the other two do. Yeah. I remember the other one. Has that like movie a lot takes of place on them on that ship in just kind of like one, one section rooms that are pretty plain. Yeah. This movie sort of feels like it's broken up into like three distinct parts in my head where it's like it's neo in the matrix like getting out it's him in the real world and then it's like the end part where they're in the matrix again I Actually, it's almost, kind of like i would almost part. say you would call it before being awoken being awoken truly being awoken mm -hmm. being woke yeah well yeah <laughs> so it's before woke woke super woke super woke so he is told while he's on the ship that look the real world doesn't exist what you know of the real world is actually the Matrix. We are fighting against the machines. We want to wake everyone up. That's that's the idea. Uh, can I be annoying and put what I put in my notes? Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Which was just humanity fucked. Machines question mark kings. <laughs> and that place he was living, the Matrix. Tight leather. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people wearing leather in this. So we meet Morpheus's crew. He is essentially a pirate on the high seas of the Matrix. All right. And well, that's I don't yeah. know how better to put it. In the real world, he he they command a ship, and you find out that there is an underground resistance. Um, why he said rebels when we were talking about tri tri cubed and the rebels. They're and we yeah, meet, we meet his we meet his crew, which I'm going to try to do this. There's Switch and Apoc who are yeah. in in the car. There's Mouse there's the worst one. Oh fuck you his death is amazing <laughs> his, his death is great but he has my favorite like... deaths in a movie every time like i had it at 30 this morning and our tv outside out in the living room is very loud and it just went off i was like down 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 she's still sleeping but um you have tank and his brother dozer who okay. I, I, we're gonna spend like two minutes on tank because i have to talk about him okay. and then we have joe pantaleone joey pants who joey pants who if you know joey if you know Joe Pantaleone, you've seen him in a hundred things. There's a reason there's an award on another podcast about him. He plays Cypher, or as I call him, the all-time top four shit heel. He's absolutely uh, incredible in this movie. As soon and as you they see... casted him perfectly. Perfectly. I think as soon as you see Joey Pants in a movie, you're just like, this motherfucker. Like, you don't even gonna, know what he's about to do, but you know it's sure. bad. Yeah. 
that dude's gonna fuck some people over. I'm pretty yeah. sure that, that dude's like, a prick. This guy sucks. And and he plays that role really. He's in Bound too, isn't he? Yeah, he's so like he, one of the few holdovers from Bound. Yeah. So he's the only thing that comes with the Wachowski sibling. Okay, so. Well, I mean, cinematographer Bill Pope, but like other than that, I didn't know that. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> so you find out that they're doing this. And Morpheus wants to train Neo to become part of their resistance, not because he thinks, oh, this guy is pretty woke. He knows how to use computers. Morpheus has the belief that Neo is the one. Yeah. And I guess what the one is, it's the man who's going to save the... He's the prophesied one. He's, he's, he's Jesus Christ, if you're He's open. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, the way I explained it is, like, my, my girlfriend, Naomi, asked if, uh, like, why is he the one? I was like, well, because he can, like, see code. And, like, that didn't happen in the movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> no so i was just like, like what are you talking about yeah I was, bullshit. Just I was like he can like see code you can also like rewrite code and he's he can basically just like bend the matrix to his will okay. like okay so essentially remember, i think that's what the one so supposed you remember to be how we said that this movie we said that existence is like a poor man's version of videodrome i said that you didn't necessarily i agree. disagree but yeah um have you heard of the movie equilibrium vaguely christian bale and tay diggs uh, oh my like god a, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, poor man's version of the Matrix. I just wanted Definitely. to get that in there. Right, right. So they take Neo and they train him, which leads us to like I think like several great scenes involving him just learning. I mean, the one of the most famous like uh, quoted lines: "I know kung fu." Like, I mean, in that typical oh Keanu Reeves response. That's not even the best part. The best part is Morpheus then goes, show me, and then a gong sound is heard. Bong. It's, yeah, it's and it's just a it's so all, stupid. It's like star wipe as they go across someone's back. It's so stupid, okay. but it's like, uh, this, this, it this, made this, me laugh next, out loud. So the way it works is, and this is, once again, this is technology being explained. You, as a human, are built and grown to have little holes in your body so they can hook you into the Matrix. Those holes are actually kind of the best weapon we have against the machines because if you are part of the resistance, they can plug you in and you can go into the matrix and essentially cause shit and fuck shit up. You're so, jacked in. So yeah, you're speak, jacked so in, which which works way better here in my opinion. <laughs> so you obviously have to have someone watching your back on the outside, and that's who Tank and Dozer are. Tank and Dozer are the two guys who run the program while you're in the matrix they're essentially keeping an eye on your body so no one like puts their balls in your mouth or something so which which i have to say i would just i would just roman face mask everyone if i was if i was cypher right beforehand i'd just be like and some balls in your face and some balls in your face i hate you all i shouldn't have had to deal with this crap you're cool so, yeah you're good trinity saving you for later yeah so they go through a mate so i want to talk about tank this guy I've never seen in anything else, and he is killing it. Tank's the... He's the big one, right? No, he's the little brother. He's the one who's, like, oh, supposed to start off with these operating programs. That's a major fucking boring shit. Like, do you know who like, that is? The, I don't know who that is. That's Tommy Chong's son. That's Tommy Chong's son? I believe so. Let me... I Dude. might... Yeah, oh, let me look that up. Oh, it is Marcus Chong. That's fucking funny. Yeah, oh, he... God, that's great. I believe he doesn't show up in the second movie because he demanded too much money. Also, because I mean, they wrote him off pretty well, and then they got the guy from Lost, who I'm just like, fuck, you're not Tank. I wish you're, you, you're not, Link, but you're not uh, Tank. I wish you were Tank. Why aren't you Tank? Come on, come on, come on, guy from Lost. He's like, I have a name, you know. I go, yeah, it's guy from Lost, because I don't know your name. You can, you can go right over there. Sit down, sit down, Link. What a stupid name. You're not Link. Where's that, <laughs> you're where, not where, my friend. Yeah. Where's that? Where's that blonde boy with the sword from those games? He's Link. You're not. 
Yeah, you're stink. That's your name. He's just like, is this? Guy, let's get on set. You are my real dad. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Dude, yeah. That's that's how I had to deal. Marcus Chong is hilarious in this movie, and he's got some great overacting too. So they train him up. They show him like. Look, you can fight in the Matrix. There's a way to fight back against all these things. You also also find out the agents are robots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And then they can, they can inhabit I, anyone who's hooked into the Matrix. Yeah, I have always explained it as, like, they're basically just, like, a virus looking for the humans who are, like... Like, they're basically like antivirus. Just they're like antivirus. Find the people who the are worst. alive. Yeah, exactly. And take them out. So, yeah. and they can inhabit any human hooked into the Matrix. Yes. Which is a pretty detail because they do yeah so it's at this point morpheus makes the decision he needs to meet the oracle which i will give this movie a compliment and i didn't pick up on this when i first watched it when i was very young this movie has amazing action and amazing world building it but it's also built around some of the most subtly good acting and like Mm -hmm. two-person performances i've seen in a long time the interaction of the Oracle and Neo is absolutely incredible. It's exactly and and I do and let's before we get to there, I want to talk about where he goes into that place and it's it's a crappy New York apartment and there's just like four kids on the ground and they're all all doing things like that are just otherworldly spectacular and you find out there are other people who could be in the matrix who could be the one. He's not the only one. Mm-hmm. And, like, we get that amazing moment with the kid who's like, do not try to bend the spoon. That's impossible. Like, just, they picked, people in this movie are so perfectly cast. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a, it's one of the Wachowski's, like, strength is just, like, picking the right person for the role. Even if that movie doesn't work and it's called Speed Racer. But, yeah. You know, even if it's an amazing movie called Speed Racer and John Goodman's in it and it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, um, Emil Hirsch, John Goodman—they're perfectly cast in that movie. That movie doesn't work. Like that I movie mean, is that movie is hard to watch. Agree to disagree, but they're very good at putting the right person in. I front want to of list the right movies role. you hate. I need to know the movies you hate. Uh, well, well I, we can talk about that after. Right. Um, it's gonna be one week for you. I'm gonna be like, pick two movies you don't like. I want to know why. Oh, I hear we're it. gonna you're gonna have fun. Um, uh, great. Okay, so so they go and meet the Oracle. Who you think to yourself, what do you, who did you think, when you first saw this, what did you think the Oracle was going to look like? Well, I had already seen the second one, like half of the second one, so I knew uh, who the Oracle was. Like, none of this, I, she's, like, she's like, a, like a 50 to 60 year old black woman who looks like she would sit out on the stoop in Queens and just smokes and she bakes cookies. It's so fucking funny. It is. It's pretty funny. Um, I just like and, that she like chain smokes. Oh my God. And just, and just the moment where she's like, don't worry about the vase. And he just knocks over a vase. Yeah, and then she's like, and she's well, kind of a prick to him. Like, she's kind of a prick to him, and she's like, well, "What's really gonna bake your noodle later is if I hadn't told you, would you have still knocked it over?" Yeah, oh like it—it's a perfect introduction to the to the oracle. It's also a perfect introduction into like the philosophy behind what the mm-hmm. oracle tells Neo essentially, and it kind of like it's such like a perfect scene because you walk away and be like, oh, "Okay, I get it." Neo's the one. Wait, literally above her above her door, it says, "Know thyself," and that's yeah. that's kind of the message mm-hmm. of the movie for him. Is like mm-hmm. he needs to he needs to figure himself out. Mm-hmm. He needs to realize that he is, and also he needs to find that kind of naturally. And so he can't she, just be like told he's the one. Like so many other people who are the one in other stories are basically like exactly. told. 
So she tells him, hey, you're not the one. You have the gift, but clearly something is blocking you. Mm. It is at this time around the same scene that we find out that, <laughs> spoiler alert, because if you didn't pick up on it from his face, Joe Pantaleone is the bad guy who's going to betray all these people. And yeah. In a maybe great eating scene where he's eating steak and just telling uh, Hugo Weaving, I'm going to get you Morpheus. He's going to get you the access codes to Zion, which is the city where all of humanity that's left lives. And you guys can just firebomb the shit out of it. Plug me back in the Matrix. I just want to be an actor. <laughs> I just want to eat steak. I want to eat steak, drink wine, and I want to pretend to be an actor. How about you make me Joe Pantaleone? <laughs> Pretty much that's what it is. He's like, Essentially, I, want to be someone yeah. important. I love that line. He goes, I want to be someone important. Like an actor. And he, and he just sniffs the wine and he goes, whatever you want. <laughs> so, so he so betrays they the head back. Yeah, he betrays them. Morpheus gets snatched. At the same time, um, Cypher gets back to the real world and attempts to kill Tank and Dozer. He kills Dozer. We also lose... this. I'll say this too. This was a clever thing. They thinned the amount of people in the movie at this point. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, probably helped them not having to pay as much for the next movie. Well, I mean, they weren't really paying these people anyway. They're all Australian actors that no one's ever heard of before or since. And, and Switch is so fucking good in this movie. Oh, Switch is amazing. I love Switch. Did you Switch. know that role was that role had no gender at one point? Yeah, like, no. it, it could have been either way. Well, the thing is, is like it was supposed to be the person who played Switch both, and then in The Matrix it was going to be a dude. Hmm. That's why they were going to call that person Switch. I get it. So kind of a bad joke so so switch switch apoc and mouse all get ice no i like i liked it it's it's i just i I didn't realize that's how simple that's why they named it that that's that's very simple so switch apoc and mouse get iced um tank and dozer look like they're out and you get to this moment where trinity says like trinity and neo are left and all cypher has to do is pull neo's plug and it will kill him Mm -hmm. so obviously if you're wondering the hero of the story does neo live yes he does cypher gets Killed in maybe one of my favorite ways. But um, Cypher... Tommy Chong's son. What's that? Cypher also goes, if he is the one, yeah, I, something will stop me. And he, goes, he goes, I he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, if Morpheus is right and he is the one, an act of God would have to kill me right now because it's the only way I could not kill him. <laughs> and he, he asked Trinity over the... By the way, they do this over the phone in a really nice back and forth. Mm-hmm. Also, the face that Switch makes when she dies makes me laugh every time. I know I shouldn't laugh at it, but it's fucking hysterical. It's it's the fact that she does that and also goes, not like this. Not <laughs> yeah. like this. Not like this. Not like... Yeah, and then it's just... <laughs> it's <laughs> Yeah, that's... Her, like, she kind of goes cross-eyed and just goes back in a weird way. So... This would be so funny. It's it's so... And it's it's unintentionally funny, too, it I mean, I like, I know, like the, it's, time, yeah. the times it's the times it's trying to be funny. It is really funny, and the mm-hmm. times it's not like the times it's unintentionally funny. It's hysterical. It's so good. So they get back to the real world, and thank God Tank is there because Tank's kind of almost the let me explain to you what they're doing so we don't have to spend forty minutes on it. He's like they're Exposition trying to hack Morpheus's mind. Yeah, exposition man. He goes, they're trying to hack Morpheus's mind. It only takes time. He's got the coats to Zion. Um, and he says like they go, what do we do? He goes, we unplug him, and then like. Neo's like, we can't unplug him. Like, we have to go save him. Because this mm-hmm. movie would be really sad. That would be really weird if Morpheus just died and it was just like, oh, that's the end. And the second movie is just like Neo taking command of the ship. So he, Neo's like, I'm going in there. I have to stop him. I believe I can do it. Because the whole movie is about believing in oneself and believing you can do this impossible thing. Mm-hmm. So Trinity says, I'm going with you. He says, no. She says, fuck you. He says, okay. 
I wonder if like there's a deleted scene where if we see if there was more like tension between them as as like a potential couple because I feel like they do a nice job of not shoving that down your throat. You get it because well, you can tell do. she's into him. You can tell she she stares at him creepily. They definitely do a thing a later that is like yeah. they're gonna be a couple guys. Oh yeah, like Ob's. So, yeah, they go into the Matrix when right before they grab a ton of weaponry in maybe one of my favorite like special effects shots where she's stepping up to him and then all those guns just show up. Oh my god. Post, I mean, I'm not going to say post-Columbine, but like post-school shooting, it's around mm-hmm. the anniversary of Columbine. I, th- this scene made me think about that in a way that I did not want to. I get you. Um, and so I'm just like, um, I don't, you know, nothing is the reason for like a mass shooting. I definitely don't think this movie should have been blamed, which it was at the time, unrightfully, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, um, and well, they were all dressing like that, too. So everyone. Accused yeah. The Matrix. It's like, no, that's that's not what it is. I mean, the Matrix, I think, is tapping into something yeah. that so, they were also tapping into. But, but that's, you know, that's a little soapbox I need to step off of. So. so eventually they get to the place, which now I'll tell you this. If you want action and you've been patiently waiting, the movie's action kicks it up to 10 and doesn't stop until the end of the movie, pretty much. So he shows up with all these guns. They take out a bunch of people, including the agents, to get Morpheus back. This also is in the middle of um, Morpheus being interrogated by Agent Smith and maybe maybe one of my favorite interrogation scenes in a movie where he's just like, I need to get out, Morpheus. Don't you understand? It's the stink. Hugo Weaving is just chewing scenery this whole movie, too. Hugo Weaving is like, look at that door, and then he just eats the door. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I thought his teeth would shatter, but the door is shattered. This also leads us to maybe the most famous, I mean, you would argue, well, you wouldn't argue, the most famous shot of the movie. Easily the most famous shot of the movie, yeah. The most recognizable, if you were to show anybody who knows anything about this movie, even the smallest thing, it's the shot where the agent is shooting Neo and he does the bend back thing. Yeah, he basically mimics what the agent was doing when he shot at him, which was dodging all the bullets, and just moves faster than bullets and gets hit by one. Gets hit by one bullet. Yeah, I mean, it, it pretty much just only grazes him, too. I have seen that so many times, I always forget he gets hit. Because I just think he does dodge every single one of them. Like, I forget that one, like, is like a flesh wound, essentially. Like a burn. Tis but a flesh wound. Yeah. So he gets hit by the bullet. Uh, Trinity shows up and kills, kills the agent. They then go and grab Morpheus. Morpheus is rescued. They don't lose the coats to Zion. And then it becomes a race to get everyone back before mm-hmm. the agents can get a hold of them. Which, at the same time, the agents are also sending these um, things in the real world known as squids, which are essentially like robots that just hunt and destroy ships. Mm-hmm. The idea is you cannot kill a squid unless you use an electromagnetic pulse, but you can't use that while people are in the Matrix. So it kind of becomes a ticking yeah. clock. Yeah, it's like, well, we gotta either use this and kill him or get him out and possibly die. Correct. Fuck, this movie's so good. It, it really is. It's it's, it's so that, good. That's why I think it's one of the best movies of that year. Like I'm, I was, I was almost kind of jealous. Like, I was almost kind of jealous. You didn't, you didn't just like. Or I was kind of jealous. I did. This wasn't one I got to pick. So they get everyone back except Neo. Neo is now trapped there because he needs a new phone, and it's between him and Mister Smith. 
mm-hmm. or Agent Smith. Agent Smith, yeah. And the two of them proceed to have maybe I think the best one-on-one fight in the in thing in the in the subway, and they treat it like it's an old west shoot, like the way they treat that that um. Oh yeah. Yeah, they treat the gunfight like it's an old west gunfight, and then it just becomes a fucking kung fu movie. And then it just be- yeah, it becomes a kung fu movie. What I think is so good about this movie and i wish more movies would that use the matrix as an influence i wish they would take from it is the fact that they shoot action in unbroken cuts yes like when a punch hits it hits it like you don't cut away even even if that means slowing it down for those scenes where they're jumping in the air they don't Mm. cut it's still a continuous shot i like that yeah they the, the hits hurt like you physically feel it the two of them kick the shit out of each other. Morpheus kind of makes the idea that Neo doesn't run from this fight because he's starting to believe he actually may be this guy. Mm-hmm. You eventually get it to where he gets rid of Agent Smith as much as one can get rid of this thing. And he starts a run to get to a new phone to get out of there. Because let's be honest, even if he can kind of best yeah. Agent Smith, there's always a way to get rid of yeah. him. So he grabs a hold of Agent Smith and he takes off. Agent Smith is chasing him down the he's j um they eventually get to this place he's almost out he opens the door and agent smith just pretty much unloads a clip into him mm-hmm. uh would you say i've missed anything no. between the the fight no. and the movie goes to credits yeah and no, neo dies <laughs> neo uh... dies and i mean and and not well like all three of the agents actually like um digitally put their balls on his face it, yeah, it's, it's not yeah it's it's a very it's, odd ending it's where teabagging was invented i don't know yes yes yeah. No, strange. that's not that's not what happens. So Trinity pretty much is holding on to his body as he gets all shot up on the real side of the world and says, Look, I'm not afraid anymore. I need to tell you something. The Oracle told me I would fall in love with the one. She says, I fall in love with you, like I choose you. It's it's once again about choice. And all of a sudden Neo wakes back up. Mm-hmm. And steps back into the hallway. Um, the agents turn around and this is the moment I was talking about where he stepped into the role of a movie star. They shoot like 20 bullets at him and he just goes, no, and just puts up his hand and just stops the bullets in midair. That moment where he says no is the moment where where Anderson stops existing and Neo fully shows up. Yeah, Neo fully takes over. Like, this is so, it's so perfect. And, it, and the music is perfect in it. Like everything about that scene is, is perfect. Like he pulled up. It then like, what's that? He pulled up console controls and typed in God mode and then hit enter. It's it's really true. It's really true. He then eventually, Mr. Smith, or Mr. Smith, Agent Smith comes and tries to take him on hand to hand. He beats Agent Smith quite handily after all the trouble he'd given him. And now I believe he jumps inside of him and just... Yeah, he jumps inside of him, him up and, from the and Agent Smith just explodes. And it's so good and satisfying. And By then the, way, the other... Want- the two agents look at the other two agents look at each other and just run. They're like, nope, not putting this no, shit. Not dealing with this. No. I just watched him bend the fabric of time. Like my favorite thing is when he stops the bullets. The only agent that really understands how bad this situation is is Agent Smith. The other two agents just look just stupefied. Oh, they they because I mean I almost feel like I guess if you're saying like if agents if all three of those agents have certain levels of clearance, Agent Smith has clearly been there the longest. He's clearly like higher the highest level. And he's he's a little hardened to the job. He like he comes home and his his agent wife is like, Why didn't you 
get the bread and milk while you're out. And he's like, get off my back, woman. Like, I just assume it's him in a wig, actually. Any, anything that Agent Smith goes home to is just still Hugo Weaving, but like in a wig. And then there's like a tiny version of him as a baby. Like, that's that's what I see it as. I want I want to watch this movie. You, you want to see the Smiths? You want Just the Smiths, yeah. You want, see the, you want to see the day-to-day life of Agent Smith when he's that's, not on a case? Yeah, that's what the fourth Matrix should be. No, the fourth Matrix should be them uh, like explaining their shit to me, maybe. Like, honestly, I think there is room for another one of these. But okay, it will so, never happen. <laughs> no, it exactly. won't. I, I know. It won't and and, and you know, people would go see it as a thing too. Well, I don't think they would. I think I think I think the third Matrix and like the repu- repu- the reputation that that has just has ethered and like hmm. salted the earth for anything the Matrix. No, I, I I feel there's enough of an audience out there. I mean, I'd go see it. I'd go see it out of morbid curiosity. I think a lot of people would. So they pull the EMP. Everyone is safe. Neo was pulled out just in time. Mm -hmm. We then go to black. Like he, obviously he wakes up. He's looking at Trinity. There's like this. Oh, they're going to put the flash flash drive into the port. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's gonna, that's gonna definitely happen. And all of a sudden, the movie goes to black, and you're like, "Okay, movie's over, cool." And then all Raging of a sudden, the machine starts playing. Well, then all of a sudden, you hear a voice, and it's Neo's oh, voice yeah. on the phone. And we should mention that the movie opens with Cipher and Trinity talking on a phone. Oh, all that's of a right. sudden, you yeah. you hear Neo talk, and it's a, once again a great movie. If it can tie back the beginning to the ending, even proves again why it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. There's that moment where Trin, or there's that moment where Neo says says he picks up the phone call rings and you see the matrix and it says like he goes he goes i'm calling to tell you something i'm calling to tell you i'm going to show these people something that you don't want them to see i'm going to show them a world without rules a world without you and all of a sudden like the the screen freezes up and it says like server failure or something because i guess maybe because he's talking into it and you see him in a payphone booth and he says whatever happens next is up to you i leave it there and he hangs up the phone puts on his glasses steps out he's now dressed as like what we would come to know as like the one neo Although I do like his coat in the second movie better. <laughs> oh, I love the second. He he looks like a fucking prophet in the second movie. He like does. If, he does. The, co- the he, costume is so perfect. I mean, he looks. He takes on the no eyes of a prophet in the third movie. True. Yes. Very true. Yeah. So he steps out. He steps out of the of the phone booth, and he looks up, and it looks like it's about to rain, which you could maybe take as like the machines being like, Oh fuck you pal. We're at least going to get you like wet. So (laughs) fuck you buddy. Yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck your nice day. And it's a big shot of the city from up above, almost a God's eye perspective. And all of a sudden you see something coming at you really fast and he's just fucking flying. I didn't get that. I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Um, You see him fly right past the camera. I, I must've, been checking my phone i need to so, watch this again so yeah, so he cool. flies past the camera the first time you saw that what did you think like how did you put that like because like i remember when we all watched that we all looked at each other like what does that mean what, why is he flying like did the director just make a really weird choice and you don't realize it till the second movie that he's literally capable of anything he's superman yeah, no, he's he's a, a superhero. Like he's yeah. he is the things that happen in the second movie are and and everything comes bonkers. true that that Morpheus says. He says yeah. like he says he goes you expect me to dodge bullets. He goes when you're ready you won't have to. And he's true. He stops him with his mind. Like yeah, he's, he's just, like, become nah. this like he's become yeah he's be- yeah so right no. And you're just like yes, oh get him. <laughs> you done fucked up now, Agent Smith. Should have put one in the brain. I want to talk about the Wachowskis really quick before we get okay. rating. 
these two have a very interesting career. Their movies are... B-A-N-A-N-A-S bananas. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. What I think tracks with uh, The Matrix and the other movies that I've seen is their movies are extremely earnest in a way that I don't think we're used to anymore. I don't think we're used to movies that really have this, like, penchant Uh for emotion, I guess, is what I'm going for going trying to go for it's just like they're so filled with the emotions that they're trying to elicit i agree and i think people have a hard time you know sometimes when that works it works and when it doesn't it's a train wreck like it it really does not work yeah no i completely agree with you so they do bound before this which i didn't know was kind of their like hey if you can make this maybe we can talk about the matrix yeah, it's basically like a calling card. Like, they had the Matrix. Like, they gave Joel Silver the script of the Matrix. He loved the script, but was like, I'm not going to give you a, you know, $60 million movie. Yeah, go <laughs> like, go make me something for four and prove yeah. that you can make it turn into 12, and then yeah. we'll talk. Prove That's you know how to what... turn cameras on. And after this, they take, like, four years off, and then they make the other two movies back-to-back. Doesn't the first, doesn't the first Matrix Reloaded come out in 2001? No, it comes out 2003, it says. Oh, all right. Well, I'm wrong no, about no, that. No, no, to be fair, I think it may have come out in 2002, and then the next one comes out in 2003. Yeah, because I remember one coming out in, like, winter, and the next one coming out yeah. like, spring or yeah, summertime. I, I remember that, too. Like, they kind of go back-to-back. Yeah, because Boy Where They Leave You On 2 is a real, real moment. It's, oh, it's so infuriating. <laughs> but it's so good, too, because you're like, it's oh! Good. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. Oh! oh! Like yeah, it's it's I I there were two movies for a long time. It was the it was Matrix Two and it was the second Pirates movie that held what I thought was the best leaving you on a question moment in a movie. And I don't mind that if a movie's gonna follow through and do a second one. So they then do Speed Racer, which we've kind of talked about. It's good. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, they then do Cloud Atlas, which I have never seen. That is a movie. They do that with um Tom Hanks. Viker, right? The, no, the other director. Viker? I didn't know that was... Run? Oh, Tom... Tom Viker. Oh, is that how you sp- say it? With T-Y-K-W? I think, yeah, I think it's Tom Viker. Not, and huh. The, yeah. Well, that movie's long enough to need three directors, I'm sure. Then they do Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, and they do Sense8, and then that's it. Yeah, so I, I, they, they have had a very interesting career. Both of them have since, from when they did The Matrix, now gone through is it i don't know how to say they've both transitioned and they both transitioned okay they both come out as trans women um lana and lily yes yes that is that is very very interesting because they are brothers and Mm, to be honest when i first saw this movie they were kind of the one of the most intriguing things about it to me because i was like who are these two guys i've never heard of like how did they make a movie like this yeah yeah and they really had like really some like independent roots they were kind of a part of that like chicago like group that they had mm-hmm. um they did uh they wrote the screenplay to assassins which was that uh, for a long time if from around that time apparently it was like a really hot script that got horribly butchered <laughs> yeah that's what i've heard that's what i've heard too um and i i remember when lily came out and it was one of those things where like it was it's a was a bad time for trans people like the mid 2000s like yeah it was it's i mean i'm not saying now is a good times for trans people since they're still like being murdered but in the streets and stuff like that it, it's just like it was unthinkable to kind of be like oh this like big director of movies that i have paid money to see in theaters is like 
a trans person and it kind of made me like rethink a lot of stuff and then when Lana came out it was uh, unfortunately under like terrible circumstances where like Hollywood reporter or something was like threatening to write a story about her and so she just like had to come out and that's like honestly like super awful huh. to someone yeah that's not good that's, it's super terrible that, and that doesn't that doesn't look good in the Hollywood reporter's eyes no, I don't remember if it's the Hollywood Reporter, but it was some. It was Someone, some well, whoever it was. Yeah. Right now, we'll call them. We'll call them Paper X. Yeah, Paper X. Yeah. yeah. Paper um, X. Let me ask you this: Is this the best action movie of the '90s? Because it's best certainly American. Best American. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Run, little run is still. I like, will give you that. Up there too. I've seen that once, and I remembered enjoying it, but I have not watched it since. And I wonder now, being older and kind of being able to not just, like, have to be doing something while watching a movie, I can just sit there and be like, huh. It's really good. It's really fun. A lot of action stuff happens to it. I'm trying to think of a better action movie. You know what I You know what I really dig, too, about this movie is you're never quite sure when this movie's going to end. No. Like, like I thought the helicopter scene was going to be the end. And yeah, then it just keeps going. Like, there's there's so much about this movie that you're just like, oh, like, I didn't expect that. Like, I wasn't expecting the subway fight, and the movie had, like, 20 minutes after that. Oh, my God, yeah, and it's and it's got, like, a whole chase scene. Yeah, we talked about the ending being the same as the beginning. You know what? You you keep doing the, who do you keep saying, um, Rage Against the Machine cuts in? I thought it was Rage Against the Machine. It sounded like Rage Against no, no, the Machine. No, 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 I think you're absolutely right on that. What I'm saying is, that has held up. Yo, yeah, no, yeah. I yeah. thought you were gonna argue that the music has not held up, and I no, no, I the think music a holds up for has. who these people are at the time, and that's why it works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't try to create some like music that wasn't there. That's what I dig about this movie is that you like this is what hackers would absolutely listen to. Oh, yeah, in the in the world where we're not nearly as informed as we used to be, and not everyone was on like a computer twenty four hours. Yeah, where you could like day. stream whatever, whatever. Like you would yeah, listen to just exactly. techno. These, this is, yeah. Exactly, while you're bringing down the man. Yeah. I also want to say, I think Agent Smith's plan is actually pretty foolproof. Minus it's the pretty fact smart. It's, it's, it's actually one of the better plans for a villain. You're like, yeah, this is viable. I, yeah, this no, it totally work. makes sense. It, yeah. The only reason it gets foiled is because literally Jesus stopped it. I'll say it now. It's absolutely a masterpiece. This it is, is definitely. This yeah. is one of the best from start to finish. There, there's nothing in this movie I would cut. Like, no. there's no one in this movie I would cut. Everyone plays their parts exceptionally well. Mouse is a pretty weak performance, but it still works with what they're trying to do. Yeah, and Mouse is like, like a, just a... I hated Mouse. I was like, Ugh, you creep. Well, he's, like, he's supposed, he, if, if you had dumb parents who were letting their kids go see a movie like this at that age, he's their intro. Like, he's like, yeah. oh, he's a funny, wacky character. Well, he's like named after like... He's named after like a sci-fi, like a uh, Samuel R. Delaney character named Mouse. It's like this kind of like quiet weird dude and then there's like another character named mouse in a william gibson novel who's like a serial killer so like there's a lineage of people named mouse i think if interesting I'm, if i'm remembering my my, my mice correctly you, you sound like you are so I, I, I do you have anything else you want to touch on about i think the, the, the thing that's so sad about the matrix is that this is a movie that is very clearly about two people who definitely felt out of place in the world and would eventually show us why has been like co-opted by like some of the worst people on the internet. Oh, Oh, do not understand this. Very, very true. And this movie also is more accurate today than it was in 1999. Some Mm. of this stuff is totally like what people like, not the idea that we're all in a computer simulation and stuff, but the idea of like, are we really in control? Like with government, things like that, that's all very much there. Mm. Like, yeah, that's that's all very there. 
Well, I just think just, like, that and, like, the fact that, like, Neo is clearly someone who, like, is depressed and doesn't feel yeah. like he has a place in society. And, like, all of these people who are this, like, ragtag group of hackers don't feel like they have a place in society. And they, like, you know, it's, like, it's such a heartwarming message that I love. And I think some of the worst people have, like, found it and, like, Oh, missed. agreed. Has like like the same thing that the people like the alt right did to they live where it's like oh it's about Jews it's like it's not about Jews it's about it's about you know you it's about the Republicans like wait wait totally, they they took the movie they live and did this yeah no so, I don't want to no that makes me sad oh Th- yeah, this is why no. I don't want anyone to see anything good because I'm like I don't want someone to like fuck with this like I worry that like you say that I'm like I'm I'm in my I'm in my recording studio I'm looking up at my ceiling I have a Mad Max poster I'm just like I don't want people to get a hold of that and make something evil out of it like that's not what this <laughs> art is for and you're right it is it is about outsiderism like that's yeah. another thing and and these two guys obviously and who knows where they were at with where they're where that what they're how they're living now they may have felt like complete outsiders and that's why they made this movie. I mean it's I don't I know think... if I've ever seen an interview with them I only seen a couple i remember seeing one for cloud atlas and it was like after uh lily had like come out i don't know if many exist after both of them have come out Hmm. i mean i think you can definitely see that they felt like outsiders i mean this is also a movie that is very body horror and body phobic and about like not trusting your body and not trusting where you are so like there's a lot of queerness in this film (laughs) That oh, think, for sure. I think is very interesting. Like switch, like Jesus Christ, like that character, like someone who can switch their who their gender based on how you, how they're perceived. Like clearly yeah. that it wasn't coming from nowhere. No, I agree with you. It's it's yeah, man. It's I mean, I think we should just get to ratings. I mean, yeah, we could have a long talk about how good the Matrix. Yeah, is. yeah, we could. I mean, we've been going for nearly an hour and a half. It's yeah, a five. It's it's a five. Yeah, no, yeah, it's five. it's five out of five. I I don't give that score often, but. You can put on the the Matrix. The Matrix lives in the same world as, and I know this isn't one that will connect with you. The Godfather, Blazing Saddles, The Big Lebowski for me. I can put these movies on anytime. This movie, were, if I had cable and this movie were to come on, I can watch it from any point, and it works. And you know what's going on because that's how many times you've watched it. That's how good it is. Mm-hmm. This movie is great. I've seen it so many times, especially like on cable, just like on TNT, and just be like, "Oh, Matrix is on. I'll just watch the Matrix again." It's. I think I will. So good. Yeah, I yes. think I will watch the. Wait, I thank know. You, I, TNT. I know. I yes, thank you, TNT. I know. I said I I was gonna point out something that hasn't held up. Anytime you see something that like the squids next to a human, that's the only time it doesn't hold up. Other yeah. than that, it, it actually like works pretty well. But I mean, yeah, the movie yeah. the movie is as close to perfect as one can get. Like it's it's every time I watch it, I'm like, man, I'm glad I watched this. This is such a good movie. There's so much to love about The Matrix. And yeah, that's really all I can say about it. (laughs) What? uh, So I guess I guess we're out of I guess we're out of that. What is our topic for next week? Because I guess I have to choose. I decided to, you know, just let it roll, put it all in black again and uh, let it ride on 1999. So you have to pick two movies from the year 1999. 1999, you say? Yeah. Well, I'm here back and then we'll be on Mars by that point. So I picked two movies and I'm actually kind of stoked you didn't pick one of one of these. Or I'm glad you didn't pick one of these uh, because I really want to talk about it. We would talk about it anyways, I guess. The first one, these two movies are connected for this thing. They are both about identity. And in my opinion, and I'm curious to see how you feel next week, I believe the two directors who made these movies, these are their best works. 
I will be doing next week being John Malkovich. And we will be talking about David Fincher's greatest movie ever made, Fight Club. Okay, yeah, those that's those are two great picks. It's I I it's I I don't know how you feel about either of them. I I kind of don't want to know, but I mean I want to know next week. But I'm I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts are on both of those movies because and I haven't seen Being John Malkovich in maybe five years. But when I first saw that movie, I was I was it was something. I haven't seen that movie in since like middle school probably yeah that sounds about right and i watch fight club about i full watch fight club about once a year i I think it's the same for fight club it's been a while since i've I've watched fight club (laughs) well this will be this will be a good test dust these off yeah thank you guys for checking us out make sure you guys are giving us a five-star review i hope you guys enjoyed this long dive into both go ahead say the first name existence existence and The Matrix, two movies that are both very different and yet very similar. And They're both one of us liked both of them. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In opposite world for one of them. Yes. Unequivocally yes. both. I want to live in the... I actually want to go to the world where exi- or both of these movies are made exactly the same, but somehow this movie, the first one, gets above the other one. That movie, that, that world would be absolutely bonkers. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Turns out Trump bombed the towers. Like it's like you're just like you're just like wait what? Yeah, it went great. So make sure you guys are following us at Two White Guys Talking Film on Twitter or TWGTF Pod. Make sure you guys are giving us a five star review. Make sure you guys are checking out just all the stuff that we do on there. We're gonna eventually probably put up a blog or something where we're just gonna put up at least the ratings for these. Tyler, do you have anything to plug? Still no. No. Short, no. sweet, and to the point. I like I do that. Not. Yeah. Perfect. Well, guys, we will see you next week when we break down Being John Malkovich and Fight Club. And until then, guys, uh, keep watching the screen, I guess. I don't have a catchphrase to go out on. Um, Be cool. (laughs) I thought you were going to go with um, ETB. I was like, like, okay, weird. Hold on, on, I got another take, another take. Be movie. Yes. Yes, this whole thing has been building to us talking about Jerry Seinfeld's beef. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Guys, we will see you later. Have a good one. I'm sorry, kiddo, I really am. You have a good soul. And I hate giving good people bad news. Oh, don't worry about it. As soon as you step outside that door, you'll start feeling better. You'll remember you don't believe in any of this fate crap. You're in control of your own life. Remember? Here. Take a cookie.